0: Hello everyone, Dr. Anna Kabeca here on a special episode of Couch Talk, an intimate place to have intimate conversation and just speak the truth. Today we're going to be talking about cooking for hormone balance, right? Definitely a topic dear to my heart as I grew up with food as medicine and just that culture of, of healing foods when you know certain foods are used for different conditions will make us smarter, will make us stronger, will boost our immune system. And today I have an expert in the subject. Originally from Poland, I have Magdalena Shalenski. She is the founder of Hormone Balance, HormoneBalance.com, and she is a nutrition. She has a nutrition coaching practice dedicated to helping women rebalance their hormones with nutritional and lifestyle changes. She has. Uh, she is a certified nutrition coach. She's a speaker, an educator, and has a cookbook coming out in the spring that is addressing cooking for hormone balance. She herself personally will share with us a little bit about her history and what has driven her passion in cooking for hormonal challenges. Um, As a result of her health crisis, from a stressful life in advertising and dealing with Hashimoto's and Graves' autoimmune conditions caused her adrenal fatigue and estrogen dominant symptoms so today she is here showing up fully really giving her heart and soul into her mission work with us um, in complete full remission so living a symptom-free awesome life and just you'll see from our beautiful conversations with Magdalena today just her warmth and in delivering this great information to you so welcome Magdalena
1: oh thank you so much what a lovely introduction (laughs) very
0: welcome very welcome please share with us a little bit about your journey and how you got started. Sure,
1: you know. So we always like to tell a story from the time we were diagnosed, right? In my case, it was Graves in the twenties and Hashimoto's. But really, when I reflect back on what went on ever since I was born, you know, in 1973, my mom bought into this whole thing of milk powder is powdered milk was better than mother's milk, right? So she never breastfed me. In the first month, I ended up in a hospital already with pneumonia on both sides of my lungs. And then soon after that, with a kidney infection. So another round of antibiotics. So if you think about it, like a perfect whammy, right? Of not a breastfed baby, rounds of antibiotics before the age of three. Um, And so, you know, till today, I, I struggle with digestive um, health as in struggle as in I need to keep it really clean and really be meticulous in my diet and supplements uh, in order to to stay healthy you know and it all came back it, 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 not surprisingly as a kid always had a lot of eczema food sensitivities mom didn't know about any of that right what was causing it in my early in um, 20s these food sensitivities turned into as, as oftentimes they evolve from those Const- like as a kid, yeast infections, ear infections, eczema. In, you know, And then it evolved when I was in my, as a, as a young adult, it evolved to having terrible PMSs. I had cystic acne all over my face, not just the face, I had it on my chest, I had my back. Dr. Anna, I had it on my butt as well. That's, I could not wear bikinis because, not because I was not confident with my body because I always been an athlete, but because I had zits on my, on my butt and you know and those constant migraines and mood swings and you just name it and it was just that little search on the internet that said um which of course was because of acne right because it was like the thing that was manifesting and i looked it up and then somebody said oh gluten but mind you this was like in this is like exactly 20 years ago and back then when somebody said the bread could be causing your acne it's like saying Let's go on a holiday to the moon. You know, it was so unreal. It was so completely unconnected, right, to the cause and effect. And you know, and, and this is what the, the, my journey started when I started seeing the results. I did a, then I did blood testing, and it turned out that I also had a problem with eggs, with dairy, and gluten, with my major food sensitivities. I cut those out, and tremendous things started happening. My skin cleared out. My friends were all saying, like, you're glowing, right? my headaches went away. So that was, that was the, the, the real the discovery of how important food can really change how I felt. The mistake that I had made is that I continued on a fairly good diet, but then my career took me to China. I had a very, very exciting career living in Hong Kong and in Shanghai. I had two apartments. I was, I was in a regional job working on Fortune 100 brands. So, you know, all the iconic brands that you pay top dollars for, they were my clients. And I used to do strategic planning. And as a planner, they treat you really well. But they also want you everywhere. So my friends will call me and they won't ask me, how are you? They'll ask me, where the hell are you? Because I was <laughs> constantly flying around, living between airports, living off crappy hotel foods. And with that came incredible stress. And as much as it was sexy to travel and be working on these high um, end projects, I was also incredibly stressed out. And I was the girl on the flight. You see people typing things away on their computers on a Sunday night flight. That was, I was that girl, right? So, you know, so it was the stress was living in China, pollution, lack of control, what you're putting in your body, heavy metal toxicity, something that I struggled with for many years after that. Constant yeast infections, never had enough sleep, right? So I'm sure I'm telling your audience something that you've been covering, covering for years now. Um, just honoring your body, listening to your body, not pushing through it. And that's exactly what I was doing, pushing my body to the absolute limits. On top of that, I was also a semi-professional athlete. So I go on party until one o'clock in the morning. I used to smoke too and drink, of course, because that's what you do when you work in advertising. And, you know, and after that I will get up at five o'clock in the morning to hit the gym uh, because I'm training for for yet another half marathon or, you know, adventure race or whatever. And so, you know, not surprising in 2008, I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's because of severe fatigue. And two years later, I gave up my job and I got out of advertising because my intuition was telling me if I do not stop what I'm doing, I'm going to kill myself because this was just not funny enough. You know, and fundamentally I found what is it that is has gone wrong with my body that is destroying its own glands? And for me, as as little as I understood it back in the back in the day, and I don't think you need to understand a lot of science and the the actual biochemistry of what's happening in the body that is is doing it to you. But just conceptually, if anybody can understand that having an autoimmune disease means that your own body is destroying its own parts, that is just wrong. And I knew that I, I felt that I needed to stop it. So. I got out of advertising. I went into nutrition school. Two thousand ten, I set up my practice, and that's what I dedicated my life to.
0: Oh wow, that is so beautiful. You know, early, early I met you. Gosh. Er, uh maybe, you know, a few years ago, four or five years ago, I met you via introduction from our friend JJ Virgin. And I met this woman who is just passionate with food in hand to help you to heal you. Like, you know, I remember these awesome tasty nut bars that were just like, okay, this is a little bit of fuel to get you through, right? And What you said, and we were talking about a little bit of this before we started our recording, but how our body is going to tell us, you know, what it needs to tell us, is going to tell us. And you said something really significant here. You said, you know, if this doesn't change, I'm going to kill myself, right? And you just, that's huge. Wow, Magdalena, you got to a point of really that desperation, like my body in itself is trying to kill itself right? That's autoimmune disease. You're eating away at your own body, right? Your defense mechanisms are down. You are vulnerable to attack. Physically you were, emotionally and spiritually you were. You can't separate them. And I think that makes a huge point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And I just, you know, I also want to say that as much as it can be very frustrating for a lot of people today to be going through um, a lot of hormonal imbalances and a lot of other stuff that comes along with it, because it's hardly ever just hormones. A lot of times it's everything else. It's eczema, it's it's, uh, allergies, it's digestive issues and yada, yada, right? But, you know, I I think the one thing is to be appreciative of there's so many resources today you can get plugged into and help yourself because I have to tell you the one thing that, um, I came to a point where, when I was diagnosed, I was in Shanghai in 2008, and I, was, I only knew one person who had a thyroid condition, and she was from Venezuela. And I was considering, and, and she, her doctor, according to her, was fairly integrative and was kind of understood that there is more to treating it than just giving a pill. And believe it or not, I was looking at taking a flight from Shanghai to a crime-ridden Caracas, $8,000 $8, flight, 24-hour flight, because there's no direct connections, right? You're gonna just going to go around the world before you get there just to find answers. That's how desperate I was. And today you have people like you, like me, and there's a dozen of us today doing hormones and autoimmunity, you know, and, and so just something to be really grateful for because you can really, really change um, so many things.
0: Right. And the change has to be consistent. We need to create these disciplines and practice. Like if you or I went back to living your lifestyle, we would be sick as a dog again. Yeah. We, without a doubt, we would be sick as a dog again. And I, I keep thinking about this because, you know, we have, we talk about cures for disease and, you know, this pill, that pill. And really, like, the best we can do, and optimally, the cure is in preventing it in the first place, right? Because once we're diagnosed with something, you're never essentially completely cured of it. Cure would be mean go ahead, do those, you know, live that lifestyle again, you know, run yourself into the ground again, and you won't get sick. Well, no, that's not the case. But permanent remission, we want permanent remission, we want to resolve it, we want to completely resolve it. But to do that, we cannot go back to those habits, dietary, lifestyle, mental, relational, etc. We can't go back there. And that's a hard thing to, you know, that's a hard thing to do. We need good choices, and we need those right choices. I mean, I think about the 12-step programs in AA. It's like, there is a really hard line there. Like, you just can't cross that line. And, and we think, uh, you know, food is for me. Food for sure is an addiction. Food for sure is my comfort food. And there, you know, I grew up with my mom, Mediterranean mom, and Portuguese dad. I mean, loving food and social activities, and and definitely our our motto in our family was a meal has not been eaten until you've had dessert. <laughs> right. So, so you know, we have to work within within that and really come to terms come to terms with that and be okay with it. You know, okay. Okay. I can't do, I can't eat that whatever chocolate. I can't stay up to two o'clock in the morning consistently. You know, I want to live with clarity, with good relationships, feeling loved and loving as well. Mm -hmm. And, and that we have to make those changes. So what were some key, key findings that you came across or that you integrated into your daily discipline and practice that really made you stay in this wellness space?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, one, one thing that I've been taught by um, someone who does practices NLP is something called anchoring. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm,
0: no. um,
1: so it's basically, it's a memory, it's creating a memory of what does eating certain foods make you feel. And you know, when I got my genes tested, I'm a really slow caffeine metabolizer. And that kind of explains why I feel terrible drinking coffee, right? Um, I can't do gluten, I can't do too much sugar. If I do sugar in the morning, I get hypoglycemic later in the day. And you know, yada, yada, like there's a whole. And so I've learned those things. But it's always easy to kind of slip back and, you know, have that three glasses of wine instead of one at night when you go out with friends. And And so one thing that I've learned is one is um, on a very simple level is just to remember how I feel when I do those things. And just that in itself can be quite revolting. Just my body has like this reaction going... Yeah, it's just like that five seconds of like regretting, like oh, you know, I would love to have that glass of wine, but then I'm thinking, I know that feeling that morning when I wake up, that groggy feeling where I need a coffee to get me my brain going, and it's just that five seconds, and I realize that when I get over that five seconds, after that, I'm like, I'm fine with just having sparkling with Perrier, with having an, you know, an orange slice in it, right? Um, NLP is basically this thing where you create. Put, press on the point right here on your on your hand when you, just to create a memory when you're having a really bad experience it's just having pressing on it and when you're having that moment of slipping back into a bad habit pressing it on them again and it brings back that memory of how crappy that feels and it's just is a mechanical let's say a reminder for yourself but you don't have to do that it's perfectly fine just to have a memory of it so that 's what what I do, but you know what I have realized, and that 's what all my teachings are based on is really is what I call the three legged stool analogy and and i use i 'm using it a little differently than Dr. Fasano with the autoimmunity uh, three legged stool my three legged stool uses the idea that if you want to sit comfortably on a stool and not wiggle and not fall off right, all the three legs need to be in a good uh, stable position right. And that relates to the three bodily systems. the first one is the health of the gut that really governs really good hormonal balance. Number two is the health of our liver, how efficient the liver is, and number three is stability of our sugar levels and so that 's what really I base all my teachings on and and then on top of that, you know when you talk about hormone specific protocols in my world, so things like you want to add on black like cohosh or you want to add on flaxseed or to rebalance estrogen or bring in broccoli sprouts or whatever i feel like those are really nice cushions that go on top of that stool you know that it just makes it really comfortable to sit on it and you feel makes you feel really plush and royal but it is really the three legs that govern everything and so i treat this as a foundation of hormonal health and I spend a majority of the time in my teachings and courses and all that in just really restoring those three. And I'm sure there's nothing new for you to hear, Um, yeah. But you know, that's that's and and I'm sure this is uh, something that you teach as well in your in your approaches, right?
0: Well, definitely. Like my in working with clients in my um, GYM practice, I've since retired my practice. But the first thing I would do when clients came in was to put them through a modified elimination diet, right? Addressing the gut. Let's remove irritants. Detox support their detoxification pathways, and certainly use supplements for that, and and um, and nutrition, and guiding them, and then you know that's that's a huge part because that addresses ninety percent of the issue, as well as those key lifestyle. For me, my three-legged stool is cortisol, insulin, and oxytocin hormones, right? But very, you know, the same framework. Right. We wanna we wanna get that balance and look at those major look at those major organs. Let's look at that and how important that is, the gut, the liver, sugar. Oh my gosh, that is huge. That is that is a great pillar to frame any good program over. So let's talk about that because you have delved into healing through your cooking, right? Your food as medicine perspective, cooking for hormone balance. I just love it. I cannot wait for your cookbook to come out. You know, like first on your waiting list or probably like one thousands on your waiting list, but I'm on the waiting list, needless to say, because y'all have to tell you, Magdalena is not just an amazing cook, but presentation. Artistic, maybe now that I know about your advertising marketing background, that that eye for appearance is just everywhere. Just if you get, have to get on her Facebook page, I just love your images that come up, and especially as they come up with yummy hormone balancing food. So let's let's talk about that a little bit about
1: key pillars too of food for that hormone balance. Yeah, so, you know, with gut, gut um, elimination of inflammation through gut healing, right, is a big thing. And same as you, I always start off with the elimination diet. Um, so, you know, in my world, we get rid of things like gluten, dairy, corn, soy. I also work without eggs, nightshades, and I typically take out a yeast. Um, so that's, 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 the, that's the base. What was the last
0: one? Take out yeast. Yeast. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that's really what seems to be working for a lot of people, not for everyone. Right. And I am a big advocate of journaling. It's such a manifestation of, of everything that you do, but also brings so much awareness of to your own patterns and lets you spot what are the things that are, could still be inflammatory. And I want to share this with you, you know, that one thing, the concept that has um, resonated so well with audiences for the past few years that I've been um, teaching the, the course the, the cooking program is the saying that it's not just it's not good enough to eat really good food you got to eat the right food for you and a good example i want to give you is for example sauerkraut you know i'm eastern european i love sauerkraut it's i mean i think it's enough been said about the healing properties all the probiotics and vitamin c availability and it's a pre-digested food and yada yada right great healing for a lot of people but guess what for somebody who's got struggling with the candida yeast infections, or somebody who's got a histamine issues, right? Or somebody who's on FODMAPs, who's not tolerating um, certain carbohydrates in, in, well, who's not breaking them down properly, guess what? They're going to end up with horrendous symptoms. So if you have candida, you end up having vaginal discharge or itchiness in your ear or, you know, white tongue or whatever, right? If you're having histamine intolerance, you, you break out in hives, you sinus got stuffy, stuffy sinus and then feeling off and can't sleep and you get anxiety attacks right so there's a good example of how a really healthy food might not be right for you and people today have so many digestive issues that i see quite a lot like you know kombucha has been touted the healthy food i actually do not use kombucha in any of my programs because it's very high in yeast it's still kind of high in sugar and i see more people having bad reactions to candy to kombucha rather than good ones so you know so so through journaling we, you can really tune into what is going on and you know and and this is not for for this call it's just too short to talk about it but i spent two hours explaining after the elimination diet what are the other foods that you want to stop paying attention to that could be problematic so that you can then maybe go deeper if needed maybe paleo is the way to go maybe keto is the way to go maybe aip paleo for community is the way to go Maybe low FODMAPs, for example, if you get bloated after having onions and garlic every time, super healthy foods, right? Guess what, for years I couldn't do them because I just, I get so much gas. It was so embarrassing when I first started dating. That's when I, you know, I I look back into like what else is causing that gas, right? And fair enough, FODMAPs was the issue. So, you know, it's a really fine tuning that gut health can bring the inflammation down so much so that our receptors are even so much more open to receiving these hormones, right? Explain what FODMAPS is first. Yeah, so FODMAPS stands for fermentable, and then you have a whole bunch of words after this, like oligosaccharides, polysaccharides, monosaccharides, and olipoles, which basically are forms of sugar that are found in seemingly healthy foods. Like for example, avocado, uh, who would have thought there is any sugar in avocado? But there is, and and so so what happens is some people with a lack of certain bacteria in the gut are not breaking down these fault maps rich foods effectively. The good news about food maps is that these five different carbohydrates, these sugars, um, you don't have to have sensitivity to all of them. For example, I can do. Uh, garlic and onion too well. Those ones, very, but I can do like, you know, avocados and, and a lot of the other fruit, apples and stuff like that. So by experimenting, you, you will learn what it is, but it's a, it's a diet that was actually developed in 1950s to treat IBS patients in Europe. Then the diet went dormant. and was revived in just about a decade ago by Monash University in Australia and is now practiced as a IBS treatment protocol.
0: Very cool. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. And I think that's, you know, again, depending on what, where people are, what they can have, what they can't have, and just that discovery process. And you mentioned that you have a two hour program. And also, so just that
1: one class, sorry, just just one class on the digestions, two hours, the whole program is much longer than that.
0: Ah, so yeah, getting in depth into the, the issues at hand, but you also are offering our listeners and I want them to write this down to go to the website, com forward slash cooking, and that will lead you into a great opt-in that Magdalena has for you that is going to just be rich in information as you can imagine. So write that down, com forward slash cooking and opt in for her free program, her free workshop workshop, going to instruct you and lead you on some just great information. So now Magdalena, let's talk about, let's talk about a day in the life of cooking for hormone balance, a day in your life. What does that look like? Give us an idea because, you know, definitely we deal with the symptoms of hormone balance that, you know, my listeners are well aware of, too, as well as yours. You know, the, the anxiety, the hair loss, the weight gain, the mood swings, the hot flashes, the dryness, the skin changes, all of, all of those symptoms, irregular cycles, etc. And we can do a good part of conquering that estrogen dominance, that hormone imbalance, creating insulin sensitivity by following a good, healthy food and lifestyle plan. So I would just love for you to share with our audience, you know, this, let's put that cooking for balance in a day. In a
1: day, yeah, awesome, that's a really great idea. So uh, let me start off, let's so let's start off with breakfast, right? As, as just as we get up. Actually, before even eating breakfast, I really love, um, and this is again, this is I'm talking about from the experience of thousands of women who have done the program, is the community always says they feel great waking up having a glass warm, warm water with squeezed with lemon lime apple cider vinegar in it. If you're suffering from histamine issues or like I was mentioning if you're having candida don't do the apple cider vinegar but you can do the lemon of the lime. And how much, it's really up to you. I will do like two tablespoons and probably in 16 ounce warm water. It really makes a difference in opening up the digestion, getting your juices flowing, having good stomach acid is gonna help prepare the stomach for breaking down, chomping down the food that you're just about to put in for breakfast. Go and take a shower, come back. And you know, breakfast is, um, let me give you two types of breakfast. And and let me start off with the more radical one first. Because it might be radical for uh, an American audience, or for an audience who is not really used because, you know, most of us in the, in the United States grew up with very sweet breakfasts, right? It's like, you know, cereals and quite a lot of sugar and fruit, and even people who eat healthy breakfast, um, you know, they'll say, well, I'm doing oatmeal and fruit and, and a touch of maple syrup. And if you really look at the chemical breakdown of these foods, that's all carbohydrates. Yes. Right? So I want to just give you um, an idea, like one example here, which might be a little bit radical, but it's also the most transformative tools that my community always been going back and posting saying, this breakfast has changed my life. We call it the PFF breakfast. It stands for protein, fat, and fiber rich breakfast. And you know, Dr. Anna, you you know me that I've traveled around the world. I've lived around the world a lot. And when you live around the world, you travel around the world a lot, right? And whenever you know, whenever I I'll go like, for example, to Turkey to Istanbul and visit my friends, or go and see you know, my friends in Japan, right? Whether you go to China, whether you go to Ethiopia, no one eats savory breakfast. Sorry, sweet breakfast. Ever. It's always savory breakfast, right? And so. That fascinated me, and after going through nutrition school and doing the courses, I was like, "You know one of the weight weight lo- losing secrets is to really not do sugar in the first thing in the morning and and so you know one of the most popular breakfasts in our community is called the farmer's wife's breakfast the farmer's wife's breakfast is basically doing a piece of protein, so it can be a piece of salmon it can be a piece of you know um, a burger patty right that's clean with no crap in it right it's just nice clean meat with some nice spices in it you you could have made it that the day before typically um and then you're having a whole bed of vegetables with it so i'm a big fan of cruciferous vegetables because they help us detoxify us from estrogens they also support the uh, the liver detoxification pathways i personally love arugula it's not everybody's favorite but you can also do other um baby cruciferous vegetables and you know and then um having a piece of at like maybe half a cup of sauerkraut on the side if you can tolerate it. Couple with a few slices of avocado, right? And then just drizzle that with some olive oil and the lemon juice. So you're having this protein and there's abundance of vegetables. So really, if you look at your plate, it's beautiful and green. It's 70% vegetables. It's about 20% to 30% protein in it. Um, good fats, right? And I can tell you, this will sustain you for... Easily till breakfast, till lunch with no problems. Not just that, no sugar drops. No eleven o'clock. I need my coffee to you know to get my energy up. I don't need my sugar to get my sugar levels up because your sugar levels will be nicely managed. And you know, and the biggest surprise is, and this is something I'm quoting this stealing this from somebody who posted on our on our forum. She said, "In order to change my nights." I had to change my mornings. Oh, beautiful. Right? I mean, so clever. Yeah. And it was poetic. And she basically said she got off sleeping pills because she changed her breakfast. With the change of breakfast, also she reduced her caffeine. She just didn't need that constant stimulation throughout the day. So that definitely probably helped her with getting to sleep and staying asleep. But this is one huge needle mover, I have to tell you. So, you know, so that's a good, that's a really good um, option. If for some people this is, and sorry, just to mention, you know, if uh, another option is do dinner leftovers, you know, it might be a little bit radical, but if you can just, if you have no time for this, it really is a matter of an adjustment and you're going to feel, remember that feeling I was talking about, like how you feel for, you're going to get addicted to feeling good. If this is too much of a radical change for you, then I'll say do a smoothie, but not the way smoothies are presented today with all the bananas and mangoes and pineapples and cause that's all sugar, 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 more sugar, right? But turn that into a vegetable um, smoothie, right? So you know, some of my favorites is doing things like using actually your um, Mighty Maca in, you know, in the smoothie and then adding in heaps of green vegetables um, in order to really get a good good taste, I will do some quite a bit of lime juice added to it. Pinch of salt really brings out a lot of the flavors out as well. Coconut milk, right? And then uh, flaxseed. I love flaxseed because it's another huge estrogen uh, balancer. And for you know for women who are also struggling with estrogen issues, breast lumps, breast cancer, put a heap of Brussels, uh, broccoli sprouts into that blender, right? If you, when you blend the heck out of it, it's a beautiful flavor. It's green. It doesn't see, taste sweet. If you need sweetness, add a little bit of stevia to it. And you are way better off than doing all your you know, uh, oatmeal with, with maple syrup and fruit and all that stuff because it is just a much healthier carbohydrate.
0: And adding some healthy fats, like adding that little bit of avocado or yes. a little bit of coconut oil or something like that. And what you've described perfectly are the keto alkaline breakfasts, right? We talk about that. And I think if we were to give anyone, I don't like anyone to measure calories or whey foods or, you know, those things. But when you're starting out thinking... You know, we want to get breakfast down to like zero grams of sugar, you know, or definitely less than 10 grams of carb. It depends on what they're coming from. But start thinking about that because women, we need breakfast. We need that you know, healthy protein, healthy fat, healthy fiber in our breakfast for hormone balance. We cannot skip breakfast. Absolutely not. It throws our hormones in haywire. It will make you gain weight. You know, it is the rare rare exception of women that I deal with that can skip breakfast whatsoever. It is is the exception, not the rule. So I just applaud you. And that is the perfect keto alkaline breakfast. I will share mine, which is like, poached egg, hollandaise sauce, and some smoked salmon on Mm some quickly throw in some greens at the end, steam them real quick, some spinach, or you can throw in some arugula or whatever you've got left over. Uh, you know, dig out of the fridge all the time and just a little bit of sprouts on top. And it's just beautiful
1: easy
0: yeah. breakfast, or even for those of us that are on the go a lot too, having hard boiled eggs ready to go. You know, if you can do eggs, right. Recognizing that sometimes that's a food sensitivity, but often it's not if it's free range locally farmed eggs you're not going to experience necessarily that sensitivity so that's the cool part okay good beautiful breakfast now what
1: yeah. yeah so you know and then we go to lunch right and you know um i just got to emphasize that you did not say snack we are not snacking you don't need to snack like no. you just do not and you know if you need something a lot of like pick me up just do a mighty maca in the middle like 11 o'clock instead of doing coffee have a mighty maca there is a touch of caffeine in it from the green tea you're using in there right but it's just a tiny tiny smidge um you know there is just i tell you when you do proper breakfast that's why in europe people don't snack europeans do not snack you no. know and yeah so and that's because the the meals are so satisfying that you do not need to snack when you have a satisfying breakfast uh, or any meal for that matter
0: well, I have to emphasize that point because when we lived in France for a short while in the south of France, I mean, you could not get a restaurant to serve you anything between, you know, between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner. I mean, like, you know, 2 p.m. to like 6 p.m. for, or maybe it was 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. You cannot get food. You absolutely cannot get it. It's like, no, you can have a drink and a parity, you know, a coffee, but there is no, no food, really, the restaurant. In that old culture, there's no way learn through the traditional. Yeah,
1: absolutely, I, and I really feel like that fat, fiber, and protein is what gives us such a great sense of satisfaction and satiety that there is just no need for reaching out for anything else. Um, so, you know, moving to lunch, uh, we chatted about this beforehand, right? Of like, how can we make this for women on the go? And so, not to make it complicated. So let me give you an example, today I'm really, I've got a busy day, I've got calls with you, and then I've got another call after this, so I'm gonna be working throughout. And so I don't have time to make breakfast, sorry, lunch. So I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna be making today, and I just wanna share with you, you know, I had Hashimoto's, Graves, Hashimoto's, estrogen dominance, adrenal fatigue stage two, and I have to tell you, I'm in a better health today than I was when I was 25, I'm 45 today, I'm better health than when I was 25, and, and I live that stuff that I'm teaching. Like, I'm not, you know, have a different persona behind the scenes. I'll tell you when I drink wine, I do drink wine. You know, people go like, oh my God, you drink wine, you drink alcohol. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a human and I want to have fun. But it's just a matter of when and how much, right? So, let me show you um, what's going to be my lunch today. And that's going to be, I'm going to be making wraps, just really quick wraps that takes literally five minutes to make because that's all I'm going to have today. And so, I'll, instead of using, you know, like doughy, bready stuff and just processed grains and tacos and whatever, right? I'm using nori sheets, right? So I'm using sushi sushi nori sheets. This is from Emerald Cove. There's another great brand you can get. It's called Eden. Um, You can get these things on, you know, in Whole Foods and all the health stores. And, you know, I'm sure most of you have seen it, if not already rolled up. That's basically how it looks. Nice and pliable. And what I will do then inside is my first go-to like a base of vegetables i love having like a lot of green vegetables and that will be my first choice will be arugula um so that crucifers that we talked about and then i will do a slice of avocado it's somewhere it's somewhere here right a slice of avocado i'll put inside that that wrap and um i know this is your favorite and that is My choice would (laughs) be a lot of sardines. (laughs)
0: Uh, Rotting me out. Yeah, maybe not my favorite.
1: (laughs) So, so, you know, I like sardines. It doesn't have to be sardines. If you don't like sardines, pick something like, you know, a a salmon um, is perfectly fine, or a mackerel, or... Pick something you like. Just make sure you have some protein with it. Um, And I like the the brand called Wild Planet. I like sardines because they have the least least amount of contamination in them. Very true. I also love them for the omega-3s. And when you get them with the bones in, which you cannot feel, is you're also getting a huge load of magnesium and calcium from them. So really, really hugely beneficial. And one thing I forgot to mention about nori sheets, seaweed, you know, rich in iodine, rich in vitamin B's, actually it's a real superfood. And the importance of iodine, oh well, you know, our breast, our brain have the highest number of receptors for iodine. And ovaries. Ovaries as well, there we go. So, you know, and I will just drizzle and it's just a tiny bit of olive oil and lemon juice on top of that into it, roll it up. And I'll have two of those. And I'll tell you, it satisfies me till dinner. I have typically dinner early, like six o'clock. Um, you know perfectly fine and so you can play around with it like if you have sauerkraut put some sauerkraut inside some fermented food kimchi if you like something a little bit more spicy the possibilities are endless you have some carrots left over in the fridge roll them up right all of that just takes five minutes and I have to tell you I'm a super practical person you know like I love fine dining and I love going out and I love developing really complex uh, flavors and the recipes but at the end of the day, like, you know, you've got to have those meals that you can just roll up and go and not be getting a pizza slice at the deli downstairs, right? Yeah, or skipping,
0: which is just as bad, honestly. And I think that's a really good point. All right. So just tell me how you're rolling that because like without, do you use the, um, yeah,
1: when you, you don't have to use the bamboo. No, not at all. You know, I mean, I just, just really in a really pedestrian way, I would just roll it exactly this way. Okay, perfect. That's, it. Hey, that's a great idea. You want to keep it horizontal, otherwise it's just going to pop out, but that's it. And, and it's going to be full, so you're just holding it, and sometimes if I have somebody coming over, I'll do a toothpicks, and then, you know, just to, put two, two toothpicks in so it doesn't open up. You do not want to be making these beforehand, because these guys get really soggy, and so if you are taking that lunch to work with you, have all the ingredients all cut up, and then but just make it on the spot itself because otherwise this guy's gonna fall apart
0: okay great advice thank you i love that and um i think that's an excellent advice fun for the kids to make too that they're putting it together and rolling it themselves and you know at first you know i always have seen the sushi made or when we've had our um retreats and stuff it's a beautiful very formal it almost looks so formal so i love that you're like uh Duh! Just use this instead of any any other wrap, or and like, just like I'll typically roll things in lettuce, but it falls apart. So I will definitely try that too. So thank you. And it is. I mean that there. That's a hormone balancing meal for sure. You've got your it's keto alkaline, right? Healthy protein, healthy fat, low carb.
1: Yeah, and you know, if you if you want to get the ground flaxseed in there as well, if you didn't do that in the morning, I'm a big fan of having at least two tablespoons of fla- uh, ground flaxseed a day, freshly ground. You know, just sprinkle that into into a roll as well. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, and then what? You know, and for dinner, um, I tend to kind of flip things around a little bit. It kind of has to depend on the somebody's, uh, I think, body type. You know, um, whenever I go through a lot of stressful times, I notice that whenever I do... Just um, something rich in carbohydrates, actually, for dinner, early dinner, like 6 o'clock if possible, not later than 7, because I tend to go to sleep early. I'm in bed by 9, I sleep by 9.30, and I get up early, so that's my cycle, so I adjust my dinner accordingly. I don't, you know, going with a full tummy, um, too bad, and then exhausting your whole body by having to digest the food, moving along, and engage your liver during sleep, just a really bad idea. Yeah, it's work. It's work on your body. You're using your energy for digestion instead of for repair, rejuvenation, (laughs) anti-aging. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I actually, believe it or not, sometimes I have a bowl of cereal, uh, not cereal, sorry, a bowl of, um, I'll do some steel cut oats sometimes, just a small bowl um, with nuts and seeds in it. Um, I would sometimes do, you know, just a piece of protein if I feel like it. I really listen to my body to what I really feel like and I noticed that different parts of the cycle, like closer to my period, I'm more into like give me that comfort of that, you know, of that, uh, steel cut oats, but there are times when I have a sweet potato and a piece of chicken. So something really light, I think that is key. Having it light, not fried, no sugar, right? Cause you don't want to be stimulating yourself. I mean, having like, I see people sometimes, you know, lining up in front of, um, Ben's, you know, whatever ice cream shop, right? Like at 9 p.m., and I'm thinking, you're not gonna sleep tonight. I mean, there's no way, because you're just giving yourself like 20 teaspoons of sugar, right? So, and the same thing goes with alcohol. Observe how different your body responds to A glass of wine that you're gonna have because you had really full on day. I get that. But then, you know, how do you feel the next morning when you had a glass of wine? Um, I feel okay with one. If I have two, I'm feeling it. If I have three, I'm really, really feeling it. And if I'm having a working day, I would not drink three glasses of wine because my body just doesn't process it very well anymore. So I think it's just really honoring those, you know, those responses in your body. is just so important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And- <laughs> That is perfect. I mean, you know, it's like with what you're explaining is really what I have too found out through research, through working with women, through studying, you know, as far as like my like keto alkaline plan, putting it together and putting the research behind it, kind of had to – just challenge the nutrition plans and ideas that are rampant in our American culture especially because it doesn't work for women let alone women who are 50 like me right and so what you know there's the ancient um, Arabic saying that says breakfast like a king lunch like a nobleman dinner like a pauper and you've laid that out there's no snacking right and then kind of that keto alkaline giving your body time to rest and digest I, I talk with my clients about keeping a minimum of 12.5 hours because we know that reduces your risk of breast cancer, keeping 12.5 hours between dinner and breakfast, but really work up to 15. Give your body a chance. We're older. We don't need as much anymore, and that hormone balancing is absolutely Key. And you said another really important thing again, so beautifully intuitive as well. Just feeling out your cycle. As you're closer to your cycle, you are going to have a need for more carbohydrates during that time. And, and I, I definitely agree. Having them in the evening, saving them up, having them in the evening, a light amount of carbs. Again, trying to keep certainly I think under 50 grams of carb for a whole day. But when we're really getting keto alkaline, under 30, 35 grams of carbohydrates, but having that more, again, in that um, luteal phase of your menstrual cycle, so after ovulation, because that does help, that's regenerative, that's balancing, that helps your neurotransmitter, that's supporting this higher level of hormones that are in your body, being able to kind of, you know, we want to be able to detoxify, use what we need and metabolize what we don't very safely so though that's really a key part and, and I love that I think sweet potato is definitely a gem sweet potato is a very very good food and um, and rich in fiber with a low net carb so so it's an excellent choice and it's a great comfort food
1: yeah, totally. High in vitamin A, so great for the immune system. I mean, it's just, you can't, and, and it's got this really nice long distribution of, you know, of energy throughout the day. So even if you do a sweet potato for like breakfast or lunch, it's like, that's what a lot of athletes will do, right? Because like, that can just keeps you going for for hours at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. All right, so I want everyone to go to DrAnnaCabeca.com forward slash cooking to be linked up with Magdalena and get some more of her information. Definitely like her Facebook page and social media and get on her blog, her list, and, you know, again, get on the waiting list with me for the cookbooks. I know it's it's a masterpiece in the works right now, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, we, I, we have run out of time, and I hate that because I had – so much more that we can talk about, like herbs and medicine. I have to just tell on you, like, we'll tell our audience what you shampooed your hair with this morning, and and that next great venture that you have coming up, because y'all are gonna want this too.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, I, I was I was sharing that I grew up in a communist country where there was no stuff. A lot of times there was no food, there was no cleaning produce available a lot of time. Yet women wanted to look beautiful no matter what, right? And so my mom was always a very resourceful person. And she, I don't know how she found it. I guess it's just, you know, word of mouth thing. She used to wash our hair with egg yolks. And that's exactly what I washed my hair with today. It's egg yolks. Um, You know, you can see there, and they were pretty greasy yesterday because I put like rosemary, uh, sorry, uh, hip rose oil Uh, rosehip oil into my the ends of my hair so that they don't split so easily and it just gives a really nice um really beautiful bounce and then so this morning i just washed them with three egg yolks for my hair length like for yours i'll probably use four um egg yolks and i have to tell you ever since i've given up shampoos i don't have to wash my hair as much and they're much healthier there's a lot more regrowth happening here and it's just such a fun thing to do. And, 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 and on top of that, when you start smelling commercial shampoos and other people, you just go, ugh, it's intense, you know, when you detoxify it that way. So I have a program that's in the works. We're going to be launching that in, gen- in, sorry, in summer. Did you get on my list? you'll be, you will know, um, which is called herbs for balance. And it's really about bringing in herbs, essential oil and natural ways of cleaning and living with herbs, with just the things like egg yolks and, you know, cleaning with vinegar and lemon and salt, which can do an incredible job and be antimicrobial. So don't worry about that. Um, you know, and yeah, so it's going to be a great educational journey yet again.
0: Yeah, so excited. Well, thank you so much, Magdalena, for being with us. Thank you for all our listeners. Please like this and share it and post it on your social media. Also comment below any questions that you have, any questions for us, anything that's coming up in you or, or maybe some of your home remedies that you'd like to share with us, our favorite recipe. So I look, forward to, I look forward to very many more conversations with Magdalena and with all of you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much.